Hello and welcome to Rediscovery, the Star Trek recap podcast whose mum probably won't show up unexpectedly right at the end. I'm Science Officer Ben McKenzie and as always I'm joined by Captain Carla Donnelly. Greetings Captain. Hi Benjamin, how are you? I'm very well. That's good. Is your mum going to show up at the end? She'd like to, I think. Yeah, my mum, I'm sure my mum would love it. Yeah. She'd be great, she'd be a hoot, but she's not here so that's okay. Well, let's talk about this episode, The Red Angel, which confirms our theories, reveals secrets, heals old wounds, and opens new ones before yanking the rug out from under us in a big reveal, which I may have already made a joke about. <laughs> we begin with the funeral service for Commander Arium, at which we hear moving speeches from Pike, Tilly, Detmer, Stamets, and Burnham, watched by the entire crew, plus Admiral Cornwall and a newly released Tyler. It concludes with Arium's casket being shot into space, as Saru sings a Kelpian song of remembrance. In the ready room, they confirm that control has been destroyed and Arium's memories purged, but that while there's no sign of the AI from the future, that doesn't mean it's not hiding somewhere. Tilly finds a clue in Arium's memories, a Project Daedalus file, which says Michael is the Red Angel. In sickbay, Dr. Culber confirms the bioneural signature is a definite match to Burnham, but there are still many questions. Leland and Georgia arrive and drop a bombshell, Project Daedalus is an old Section 31 program researching time travel in response to intel that the Klingons were doing the same. The Red Angel suit is their design, but they thought it was destroyed just prior to testing 20 years ago by Klingon spies. Thankfully, they'd been working on a method to recover the suit, a mousetrap which can catch the Angel and stop it going home. A plan to use the trap is developed by Tilly, Stamets and Giorgio. It needs huge amounts of power, so Giorgio offers up SOF-4, an old Daedalus test site abundant in deuterium to use as an energy source. Hugh arrives during the discussion and Giorgio flirts with Stamets in front of him, revealing that Stamets' counterpart in her universe was pansexual. Everyone is confused and uncomfortable. (laughs) Leland works on a way to close the angel's wormhole and prevent the AI using it to travel back in time. He's watched by a suspicious Saru who knows he's keeping something from them. Burnham has also picked up on this, and tipped off by Giorgio that it's Leland's secret, asked to speak to him alone. He reveals that Burnham's parents were secretly working on Project Daedalus, and that they had a crystal vital to the angel's suit. They lied to Burnham to keep her safe. Leland had stolen the crystal and believed he'd covered his tracks, but the Klingons, who wanted it for their own research, were able to find it. And that's why they were killed. Burnham realises she wasn't to blame for their deaths, but that Leland is. And she punches him twice. Once for mum and once for dad. Cut to Michael's second or is it third uncomfortable conversation that day where freshly galvanised and enraged, she confronts Tyler about his knowledge about her parents. He swears he did not know anything and she rightly attacks him on being associated with this organisation. But he believes in their mission and that it's not, quote, all black and white. On the warpath, Michael is kicking the shit out of a punching dummy when her fourth uncomfortable conversation comes knocking for the day. It's Spock, and he wants to talk with a capital T. He helps Michael understand that her actions were that of a child and appropriate to everything that happened to her, and that he doesn't blame her for all that has transpired. And as with everything in this season, inexorably linked, Michael and Spock's reconciliation puts into action what appears to be the conclusion of all the dangling threads thus far. And what continues to be one of the shittest days ever for Michael, Spock convinces the crew that it is Michael the Red Angel seeks to protect, so therefore she must be bait in order to capture it. In what is possibly the most upsetting sequence thus far in Discovery, they slowly torture and suffocate Michael, waiting for the Red Angel to appear. On the Section 31 ship, Leland is waiting for the wormhole to appear so that he can close it. 
Michael flatlines. The red angel materialises and shoots her with a beam that revives her. Leland retinal scans to authorise the process to close the wormhole and is injected in the eye with something from control. They capture the red angel. She falls out of her suit. We see a black woman that looks like an older Michael. And Michael gasps and whispers, Mum? Ben. Where do we even begin? I don't know. I don't know, Carla. There's so much going on. I love this episode so much. Holy I, shit, we just have to talk about mum, I think. I think we do. All. Although yeah. I do I do just want to say I don't think I don't think control injected Leland or anything. Are I, you kidding? No, I think it just stabbed him right through the eye into the brain. I think he's dead. No. Yeah, I think he's dead. No, because his whole eye went kind of like all twitchy and milky and there yeah. was like some kind of electrical Okay. All right. Well, you, look, you might have you might have seen more there than I than I anticipated. I just thought he was stabbed through the eye, like why classic, would control like, kill him? Suborbital frontal lobotomy. Um, well, because it it just it's wants him out of the way. Not high enough to do that. BT dubs. Oh, good. Yeah, I'm glad we know that. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. But I do. I, and we'll get back to this, I'm sure. But I do just want to flag. It is one of my questions, so con- we can get straight into it. Control is a computer, right? It just yeah. controls the equipment that it has. Although that seemed to be the ship's computer on his ship rather than control, um, but infected with whatever was affecting control. Mm. But that means, right? Because control can't spontaneously build new bits of computer. So somebody put that spiky injector mm. or stabby thing into the retinal scanner. What is even that? And I'm like, why would you build that in there? That's exactly I mean, right. It is actually the kind of thing Section 31 would do, though, isn't it? So if somebody scanned and it was a fake retina, they'd get stabbed in the eye. There's such a huge question mark over this because also it's like, is the force of that needle literally enough to push that huge-ass man Ass over backwards. Sure. Well, maybe maybe he's just surprised because it hurts so much. Yeah, that's or, true. It, it did look like it kind of punched him. Yeah, or it instantly killed him and he just fell down Yeah, because he was twitching and he didn't say anything. I, I reckon he's being borgified or something. Oh, shit. Okay. All yeah. right. Okay. Well, look, that'll be exciting to find out because I just thought he was dead. But you know. Well, they're definitely like uh, imprinting his voice to use it to impersonate him yeah, in that, some ways. I mean, so. that, that's why it does it, right? So it can, it can <laughs> He'll live take on over. in that way. <laughs> yeah. Uh, which presumably means it's hijacked the beam that Tyler is firing into the rift to close it as well, rather than it just closing it. Like, is, oh, it, is it transmitting no, something? He's going to, like, keep it open, and then the octopus are going to come out. Oh, shit. Who knows? Like, I didn't get, even think of that. I mean, we get such a shocking conclusion that it's, like, almost like, wait, what's going on there? Oh, we don't have to, have to worry about that that's because we need crazy. to talk about Michael's mum. We have to talk about her. I mean, yeah, of course. What, now you you said you thought she looked a bit. I reckon she looks. She doesn't look much older than Michael. I mean, because that's the benefits of time travel, right? I thought she looked pretty young. Yeah, but she still looks like she's in her fifties to really? me. Yeah, well, I didn't think she looked that old. Yeah, but anyway, not that that's that old, but just no. older. No, but like <laughs> compared to Michael, like because yeah. Michael's what in her late thirties. I think it's because she had more sort of graying hair. That's the kind. It wasn't you know like. Mm. So that that was giving me older person indications. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Fair. 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 But what a reveal, though. That was good. Because I, I have to, I tip my hat to that. I have to be like, holy shit. I didn't expect that. That was I, great. I I, di- I was hoping it wouldn't be Michael in the suit, though. 
I was yeah, hoping they'd find some. I was I, like, that's basic. Because they, but but they they kind of ruled that out earlier on, though, right? Because they they said like, we know it's you. It's definitely her. Like Arium said, it was you. <laughs> the Project Daedalus file has a, a bioneural imprint, whatever that is, a signature, bioneural signature that matches yours exactly. And then and then Colba's like, it kind of been faked. Like there's all these random elements that a, a fake thing couldn't replicate. I'm like, what? What do you mean? <laughs> I don't understand what that means. But uh, what what it means narratively is this is definitely a match for you. But they never, yeah. And then it's not her. And, and then it's not her. Yeah. No, it's her mum. I guess we'll find out. I guess it what means, it's all about. Yeah, whether she's spoofing that or whether um, whether Arium lied. Look, look, they have the ability to time travel. I'm assuming they probably have technologies to <laughs> yeah. do whatever the hell they want. Yeah. Um, I loved it. I loved that reveal. I was yeah, it was great. And also, even though it was like a horrible day for Michael, it feels like she's finally getting it, it paid off, uh, getting her life back together. Yeah, like she had the worst day ever, and then she gets to meet her mum, who she thought was dead for twenty years. I know, and she got to kick the shit out of Leland, which would have been great. That would have been very satisfying. And Spock she got said. back together with Tyler. Are they back together? I think so. I I think I don't think they need to be, but I, I I think it would be nice if they were. But I also think that you know if they've that just, was just like a one off. Are you kidding? Well, not a one off, but they they sort of you know they they needed that moment together. It doesn't necessarily mean they're back together, back together. But uh, it'll be interesting to see where it goes. Yeah, mm. yeah, because I think his attitude to Section Thirty One is going to have to change. Sure. If she's uh, gonna... yeah, it's a pretty big barrier. <laughs> yeah. Between them. Yeah. Hey, can I ask you? Did you think that that was like? To me, like when they revealed that about what Leland had done, quote unquote, to her parents, yeah, I was like, oh, is that it? Yeah, I was a bit the same because the way that it was kind of being talked about with Giorgio, like we talked about a couple episodes ago, I figured like he had them killed, but no, like it's just. Or I thought that he did it himself. <laughs> yeah, yeah, or the yeah, I thought at the very least he would have ordered it or made it happen, but as it turns out, he didn't do either of those things. He's just he just gave them a job and then gave them a thing. And thought they'd be safe, but he was wrong. Mm. He he messed up, but he was trying to do his job. He wasn't like, and he, and the job was not get these people killed. It was like get these people the thing they need to do mm. to make this time machine suit. Um, and then yeah, the Klingons found it. So let me get this straight. If this is what you think, so we're assuming that Michael's mum, name unknown currently, mm. um, took the time crystal. And powered up the suit and took off into the future. That's how she survived. Yeah, it's hard to know if she's because because the way they said it was that this happened just before they were ready to test the suit. Hmm. So it could have been that it was like all set up and ready to go, or not quite ready. But she's like, "Fuck, we're gonna get killed by Klingons. I'm gonna get let's in the go. suit and turn it on because what's the worst that can happen is I die. That's gonna happen anyway. So yeah. let's give it a shot." But then also the way they've described that it works is that. You go through time and it leaves this tether back to where you came from and then that sort of pulls you back to where you were. And that's like the, how the whole mousetrap thing works is that it yeah. cuts that off so that you can't go back, yeah. which means she's going back to where she came from. So is she going back to 20 years ago or did she did she have a first trip that was like into the future and now she's coming back from the future? Because mm. she has to have gone to the future, right? Because she has to know all the stuff um, to know where to go back in time too. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. There's still a lot of questions, um, not least about why she went to the places that she went to, like why she cares about the Hiawatha and, and the Kelpians and uh, why she saved all those people from World War Three. Like it's it's not at all clear. Well, I'm sure we're going to find out. We have four episodes left. 
left. Yeah. To, and that's a lot of time to yeah. find it all out. If we could have it all wrapped up in one episode. Well, we could, but I, I feel like the pacing is good on the mystery this season. Yeah. You know? Like I feel, I feel like we've had some really good reveals and resolutions along the way, and this feels like the right time to figure out who the Red Angel is. Because last episode we had the whole thing about, oh, it's probably Michael. And then at the start of this episode we had, it's definitely Michael. And at the end of this episode we had, it's fucking not Michael, guys. Yeah, and where's, <laughs> his, where's her dad? Yeah, that's a good question. Did he survive too? What happened yeah. to him? Um, yeah. Did they really die at all? I mean, did she ever see their bodies? No. Well, that's kind of what I'm thinking now. Like, she was just in that cupboard. Yeah. You know, she didn't see them. She thought she heard them being murdered but could have just been Klingons getting freaky on her dinner yeah and I mean I think the the one of the biggest things for her is not just that she found out that she wasn't responsible for them dying but that they've been lying to her like they've mm. been working for this organization that she hates and that is responsible for their death but they were working for that organization I mean that's that's a lot to discover all in one conversation yeah that was really that was a tough scene yeah because you can just see the the scaffolding just starting. Poor thing. Like, yeah, she she's due to go to the asylum. <laughs> uh, <laughs> like, well, she's working it out by punching the shit out of some yeah. punching dummies, as you said. I mean, and, but I got to say, those were like MMA style. Like they had faces on them. Yeah, yeah. That seems a bit rough for Starfleet. I would have thought they'd have like faceless things to punch for training. Like, no, Starfleet have always been pretty practical. I feel like in terms of training. Yeah. Okay. You know. In yeah. the future, it's yeah, but you don't need actually a face. kicking out. Well, in the future, they're doing it on holodecks, like with fake people. Oh, well, that's true. That's you true. know, I like they're actually true. quote unquote killing people on the holodeck. Yeah, so, you know. I guess. I guess with that's the as idea real being, as it gets. yeah, the, the more real you can make it, the more prepared you are for a real yeah. situation. Okay, yeah. I guess that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then she makes up with Spark, so that's all part of her. I really like that. That was scene. nice. Yeah, that was a good conversation where he's like, "Look, it's basically we've all let out all, all our shit." And I know I, what I said to you was harsh, but it's true. And you were just a kid. It's mm. okay. I, f- I forgive you. If, if that's what you need, I'm, I'm doing it. I'm, mm. I mean it. Mm. And it was really nice. Yeah. yeah. And But then he straight away also figured out we have to kill you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Although I got to say, his, I find his, his analysis is a bit dodgy, Carla. Is it? Because what he says is, right, his theory is that whenever the angel shows up without sending a red burst, mm. which is a signal to Starfleet, hey, you should come here, that it's always to save Michael. But during the crisis on Kamina, mm-hmm. when Saru and his sister were in the Baul stronghold, the angel appears and saves them and doesn't send a red burst. Yeah, but the red burst led them to Kamina. Yeah, but the red burst led them to the Hiawatha, and that was one of the places they said oh, that the yeah. angel appeared without one to see her. So I'm like, this is a little bit dodgy, Spock. And he and the angel intervened even more directly. On Kamina, because it shut down the bowel system. I still don't understand the whole red burst thing, but I'm not even going to go there because that's what? just... Well, quick, do you want the short version that I think is the... Yeah, but you've said it to me before and I'm like, I don't even think that it's that, so... Oh, okay. <laughs> it's just a signal, just yeah, a signal. I know, but there was seven. No, I'm not going there. Let's just stop. What else? Lots of things. Tell what about me. the funeral? Can we... Like, uh, now, I, I thought don't... you would like that. I did. Well, I, pre- I wanted it to happen. Because you're... A sad man. <laughs> well, I wanted there to be a proper funeral and I wanted yeah. Tyler to get let out. And I, I said that last episode. In fact, I was quite, I had a few predictions, but I loved the funeral. I thought it was really nice. Yeah, it was nice. And it was a nice way to wrap up our knowledge of how Ariam had interacted with the rest of the crew. 
It's so weird that they don't cremate the bodies. Like, when they shoot them into space, mm. where do they go? Well, into, just into space. Into a sun. Maybe they shoot they're it into gonna, a sun like, or something. They're just going to, like, float around or... Yeah. But they're, like, space explorers. But I, I assume that they don't do that for everyone. It's just people who said that's what they want to happen. Okay. And Arium's like, yeah, I just want to float through space forever. Okay. Yeah. I mean, the problem... To me, I'm like, that's just garbage. Like, you're putting garbage in in space. Yeah, but space is big. There's plenty of room. (laughs) It's not like landfill, Carla. There's no... You're not going to run out of space. (laughs) That's true. Right? I mean, you run out of space in orbit around the planet. Yeah, I suppose you will go where you've never been before. That's true. (laughs) It's true. Although you might... And and look, if you go into the atmosphere of a planet, you'll burn up and then you will get cremated. Ah, you'll be like a little ash rain. Yeah. Ah, that's nice. It'll be nice. Vaporized. Um, although I am a bit worried that Arium's body obviously has a lot of cybernetics in it. Um, and while her organic bits are clearly dead, 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 maybe like some weird robots could like reanimate her body or something. That's a crazy point. It'd be don't, gross. Don't even go there. I don't want it to happen. So I hope no. that I hope that we don't go there. <laughs> yeah, I really liked the funeral. I loved Saru's song. It was beautiful. Yeah. It's, I don't think it was Doug Jones singing, though. It was him singing. Was it really? Yeah. His singing voice is very different, so I thought maybe it was someone else. But that's wonderful. I'm so glad to know he can sing as well. Yeah, I know. It's hey, sickening. What can't he do, <laughs> this man? <laughs> he's him out a, of a spaceship. Oh, he's so good. Um, That's amazing. Wow. It was a beautiful song. Yeah. It was nice and it was, you know, it was to the point, but it was, you know, uh, weighty enough as well, which I appreciated. Did they? It didn't feel perfunctory. No. Did they did they write like a Kelpian language for him to yeah. sing in? Wow, that's cool. Yeah, because we never heard. I mean, because you so often don't hear the foreign or, or non-human languages mm. on on Star Trek shows because everything's universally translated. Mm. Next. Well, what about? I mean, it was nice to see Nan and Michael make up. Yes. In their little corridor scene, you know, she was like, "I'm so sorry. Like, you all loved her so much." I, I did what I thought was right, and Mike was like, "No, you did do the right thing. I get it. It was a hard, it was a hard call, and I would be dead if you hadn't done." It was basically she acknowledges that. I thought that was really nice. Yeah, it was good. Well, the whole th- theme of that episode is reconciliation. Yeah, because everybody's everyone's making, making up. up with everyone. Yeah, coming back from the dead. Yeah, making up for dying. Yeah, 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 and including Michael and uh, and Tyler, but not. Though. And Michael and Giorgio as well. That yeah. was weird. Yeah, well, she puts her what hand on her shoulder and she's there? like, yeah. she was, but she's off the wall this episode, Giorgio, though. I mean, what's going what on in that scene? What is happening to her? I know. She's just getting. Is she just having fun? I think she's having a fun time. We haven't had much of a chance to see that side of her personality because she hasn't interacted with that many people. And with Michael, she's got that kind of motherly kind of mm. um, relationship. But they want to show her. I mean, it is a little bit tropey. It's that we're going to show she's the evil one because she's sexually aggressive. Um, but I think at least they're being fun and playful with it. Mm. And, and, it and it's not like horrendous. Like it's just making everyone feel uncomfortable. Yeah. And as Tilly says, what just happened? <laughs> it was great. Uh, but she, I think also she did it deliberately maybe to provoke something happening between you and, and Stamets. And I don't know what her game is there, but I, you know, she didn't really turn on the flirting at Stamets until Hugh was in the room. She just seems perennially bored, which... And horny. And horny, which, you know, for a woman like her, you'd expect that with her coming into the stuff. 
fleet universe. She's used to being in charge and doing whatever the fuck she wants as the emperor. So, you know, and having other Having as many orgies as she likes. Exactly. With whoever she likes. And whatever she likes. She can't eat kelpians anymore. No, she's just There's no pleasure left for this woman except for the occasional fist fight. Yeah. You know. Yeah. She's, you know, even... Even in an incremental way, taking Leland down, I'm sure, has become incredibly boring for her. I think she's going to be pissed if he's dead or taken over by control. She's going to be pissed off that she didn't get to do it. Hmm. Do you reckon? Or is she just, she's not that interested. She just wants to be in charge. But she's going to be in charge once he's out of the way, surely. That's the only thing that she desires. Yeah. But maybe there'll be like a control versus Giorgio thing. Now, is it is it still control, or is it some fragment of the future no, AI? I feel like control, n- knowing that it was you know at the level that it's at, it has you know it's like it's safeguarded itself, it's backed itself up yeah. somewhere, yeah, you and, know, and, in case it was destroyed. Yeah, and Pike Pike does raise that as a possibility. It's like, look, we we destroyed control, we we wiped all the stuff that was in Arium's hard drive. Um, and we've checked all of the Section 31 <laughs> ships, and we're pretty sure there's nothing there. But you never know. It could have beamed something out before we blew it up, and it might be hiding somewhere. And it is. It's hiding on the Section 31 ship with Leland. Uh, I just love that because I work in IT. It's like, oh, well, one would hope that advanced AI in the future like has adequate disaster recovery. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You're like, okay, it's well, that makes sense. It's backed up to the cloud It's somewhere. backed up to the cloud somewhere, and that's good. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, it's it's sticking needles in retina, retina things. Um, that, interestingly, that was something else actually. Just quickly on Arium, that you got that sort of X-ray of her body, and and they yeah, took the lid cool. off her head. Oh my god! And you could kind of see how her sort how of nervous works. system is connected up, and there's like bits of it that are still most of it is still organic, but there's like this bit that's making her brain work hmm. um, or storing her memories. And it's not clear. I mean, I again, you know, I'm making it up in my head, but it makes sense to me that. Most of her um, brain is still her original organic brain. It's just like they've hooked up her motor functions because she like had a spinal injury, and they've uh, hooked up a thing to store her memories because part of her brain was destroyed and she can't make memories very easily or, mm. or at all maybe. Mm. So I thought that was uh, yeah, just just interesting to think about that more. And I don't think we need more concrete details on that. It's fun to speculate. Yeah. I did have one thing, again, uh, on Spock's logic. Mm. I did have a quote from him. He said, the one variable we cannot possibly predict is the future. And I'm like, really, Spock? That's not a variable, Spock. (laughs) That's like the outcome of – that is the outcome when you predict things. Yeah, I remember that line too. And I'm like, like, that's literally prediction. So, yes and no. Well, I guess what he means is we can't get any data from the future because we can't go into the future and we can't receive information from the future. But someone who's a time traveler can, which uh, means they have access to information. I'm, I'm going to guess that's kind of that what, what he meant. Well, I'm going to say that's is what he meant because otherwise he's nonsense. Is it because they know when we don't? Otherwise it's just like it's it's nonsense. It's just garbage. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And I've got another note that said, love the orcs expression they all exchange around Spock's takedown of Michael. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Some- and they're all just trying not to laugh. I know. Um, and even Michael is like not as, it's just kind of embarrassed rather than angry, which I thought was a nice, a nice way to sort of soften that. This is a good, see, like, this is a good Star Trek franchise of faces. Oh, yeah. There's great faces and more subtle acting because we know Americans aren't really good at that. Oh, really? Not acting in that way, but 
generally as understand it, as audiences. You, as audiences. Right, gotcha. So that's, um, I mean, you know, that's an evolution yeah. of serialized television. People don't have to say how they feel all, all the time um, because they can act it. Um, <laughs> wow. And I know. No, but, you know, some people do need it a bit more explicitly signposted for them and that's fine. But, yeah, I really like that too. And one more faces moment. Like mm-hmm. when Michael is dying, I just like what kind of level of training do you have to get to to be able to be like Cornwall and Pike? You know what I mean? Like they're just like handling the situation mm. and everybody's fucking spazzing out around them. You know, they're just completely going to trauma mode. Like they can't even do their roles adequately. Yeah. You know, and they're just like monitoring the whole situation. Well, we know Pike's had. Well, we don't know exactly how long. Probably, if you went back to that uh, to brother and looked at the his file, it would tell you when he graduated from the academy. But I think he's been a starship captain for at least a decade. Yeah, like the so Enterprise is not his shit. first time as yeah. a captain. So yeah, he's he's been through some shit, and well, we also know he's had like a bunch of Star Trek style adventures on the Enterprise already because mm. he's already been to Talos, and um, he's like, I'm not sure. I'm not sure that they ever say how many years he is into the five-year mission. But presumably he does two of them because there's still, like, you know, another nine years to go before the Enterprise gets taken over by Kirk. Yeah. So, yeah, I, he's 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 been around. And Admiral Cornwell, well, I mean, who knows how long she's been doing the well, job. Well, she's a psychologist, so, you know, yeah. ha, ha, ha. <laughs> uh, Yeah, yeah. Well, that which was a nice little bit of backstory about her. Yeah, well, I mean, we knew that from last season. That isn't new information, but it was nice to see it brought back, I thought. Yeah, just a little reminder. What did you think of that scene with her and Hugh? I don't know. Is it weird? Like, because surely they have a ship's counsellor, right? I don't think they do on Discovery. Uh, I guess it's only a small ship. Like we discovered last episode, it's only got like 120 or 140 people on it or something. Yeah, I don't think they do. So maybe they don't have. But... mm -hmm. You think you think you'd have to have one though? I mean, like they you'd see so much do weird it shit virtually. Like there'd just be resources that you could yeah, access. Yeah, just go into a room, talk to a hologram of yeah. the psychologist. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Who's on a starbase somewhere? Yeah, or you just get on a shuttle and go to the starbase and admit yourself, like Spock did. <laughs> I guess there's that too. Um, yeah, that seems a bit full on. I don't know. Like I feel like it was kind of giving us a little bit more context that we needed for what Hugh is thinking and feeling and going through. Mm. Um. But Why the- is he not in uniform, but yet he was in that mission? I don't understand what is happening with him. Is he on sick leave? What is happening? Yeah, it's a bit weird, isn't it? I mean, Spock's not wearing uniform either, but then he's not a member of the crew. or, mm. or um, But he is still a Starfleet officer. Although I guess he's been stood down at the moment because, oh no, they said all the charges against him have been dropped. Yeah. So I don't know why he's not in uniform. But I guess it, he, he's not an official member of the crew. And maybe Hugh isn't either because he was declared dead. So they and maybe they can't just reinstate him, but they're letting know. him do stuff because they like maybe. him. I don't know. Oh, that's a good point. I mean, I don't know. How do you how do you feel about how much room that storyline's being given? Because he hasn't been in every episode since he came back from the dead, and then this episode he has you know has the moment where he goes in and there's the whole thing weird thing with Giorgio in the room. Then he talks to um, uh, Cornwall, and then also. Um, there's him listening to Stamets at the funeral at the start and going, oh, what a beautiful thing. And Stamets tells that great anecdote, which I thought was really quite beautiful um, about how Ariam felt that. Oh, my God, are you kidding? I felt like hogging the mic much. Like he's just talking about his own story. No, no, that was was Ariam's story. No, I know, but it's like literally exactly what just happened to him with Hugh. Well, sort of. Um, (laughs) 
Look, I didn't. I didn't. But think you that liked way. it. That's nice. I liked it. I liked it because it's that. Sort we all of, project. Well, it was that way of using a scientific principle to to talk about wonder in the universe, which is sure. I'm just a sucker for that. So yeah. I really enjoyed it. But anyway, he, you know, Hugh sees him and hears him saying that, and then tries to talk to him when the whole crisis with Burnham is is going down, just before they're about to kill her to summon the Red Angel, and I don't know. What, what do you think about where that's going? Because Stamets seemed to be like. This isn't the time for that conversation. And then he says, like, it might never be the time. What do you think's going on? I just don't think he wants to engage with him about it anymore. He's heartbroken and he doesn't want to talk about it. And yeah. that's fine. Yeah, that's fair. That's you fair. know. Like, you, I lost you. You came back from the dead and then you told me you weren't the same person and that I should move on. Now you want to talk to me about it. Make yeah. up your fucking mind, mate. Or just, like, back. Like, basically, it's like, don't call me, I'll call you. That's essentially what he was saying. Yeah. Like, if you've changed if your I'm mind. Ever, no, if I'm time. ever ready to talk about this, you'll hear from me. Okay. But fuck off until yeah. that day. And that's fair enough, really. Yeah. I can't fault him for that. I don't know. I think they're just kind of building it up to whatever that conclusion is going to be. Like, whether he leaves Discovery or he stays, yeah. I don't know. But they're giving it that groundwork so it doesn't kind of seem odd. Yeah, I just felt it was a bit weird because they made such a big deal about his return and then it just feels like they haven't spent much time on it. And I, it's going somewhere very emotionally real, but in terms of, you know, and the, and the characters, it, there's some interesting stuff happening there, but there's not a lot of time being spent on it and it's not interacting with the plot very much. So I, I'm I'm just curious to know if it's going to have like some massive payoff in the next four episodes, which it might. I don't it know. might. The whole thing's pretty hodgepodge, so I don't really, I'm not really <laughs> reading into it okay. too much. You know what I mean? Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. I did like the way that all these tendrils wrapped up together because um, I thought it was like a perfectly masochistic final penance for Michael, mm. like for for her to go through that in order to kind of like, it's like this rebirth yeah, process well, literally, literally with her and mother yeah. and with her mother, reborn oh, by her mother. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. You know, which has been the source. Her, her mother's death has been the source of all of her pain, mm. you know. Um, and, you know, she seems like the kind of person that needs to suffer for anything that's good yeah. that is gained. So... I thought that that was a really smart way of wrapping up her personality and all the things that have happened to her. Yeah, I, ho- I hope she. I mean, this is obviously massive for her, and I hope I hope it has some some big. I'd like to see some changes for her as a result, but also, like, can we just talk about Mum's like life laser? For just I a know second? what is that? She just shows up and Bum. it's just like, wake up! <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh, I wish I had one of those. That's like a. Maybe it's a 500 years in the future defibrillator. <laughs> like yeah. Or just defibrillator. I can't everything. even say that word. That's like the one word I can't pronounce. Defibrillator. Defibr- defibrillator or defibrillator? Defibrillator. Defibrillator. There we go. Yeah. I find it hard. I never get it right the first That's time. That's okay. Wait, hang on. Your plan is to let her die? Like the angel's supposed to arrive and prevent her from dying, but she doesn't prevent her from dying. She just brings her back to life. And yet at the same time, Michael's got to have horrendous injuries. Like the toxic atmosphere is like burning her face. What's right. it doing to the inside of her lungs? I know. I was expecting like a whole total recall situation when it was happening. Oh like- yeah, it was it was gross. But um, but then when she sort of wakes up and she's brought back, she's just kind of like, "Mum," and then yeah, she seems okay. So Finn. I guess she'll be yeah, she'll be brought back to life. I did see somebody on the internet and said, hey, this is my recut of the end of the episode. And they just they just do the bit where she dies and then they just cut to the credits. And I'm like, <laughs> whoa, that would be intense. Oh, I'm wow. so glad they didn't do that. But um, not off brand. Yeah, fair, fair, <laughs> fair. Uh, any other bits of the episode you want to talk no, about? No, I think we should go to Short Chats. All right, let's do it. 
Now it's time for Rediscovery Short Chats, where we talk news, trivia, and anything related to Discovery, and also any questions you have for us. Follow our socials and get in touch. Captain, we've got a few things. We've got a question on Twitter. Yeah, hit me. Uh, let me find it. So Darren Lutchner. Uh, Hi, hope Darren. I hope I'm pronouncing your name there right, Darren. Um, you sent in the question, would you like to see any other characters from the original series join Discovery? Uh, and Darren suggests he'd like to see Scotty uh, meet Stamets and think that they would verbally hit it off. I don't know how I feel about that. Scotty would be really young. Like, he's not the engineer of the Enterprise. He'd be like like an ensign or something at this yeah. stage in his career, I think. Well, it could be one of the ships that they come up on. Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah. That's really plausible. That is. That would be fun. I would like Sulu. Oh, yeah. So, the young Sulu. That'd yeah. be cool. And he could actually be out rather than being inferred. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's very, well, because the problem, it's kind of, yeah, there's a lot of things inferred about Sulu. <laughs> Because it's all—I mean, it's it like—it's a J.K. Rowling type situation. It is, yeah. In yeah. in the in the prime timeline, in the mm. Kelvin timeline, he's explicitly yeah, yeah, yeah. got a partner and a kid, yeah, um, which is nice. Mm. But yeah, that would be cool. Um, I I don't know. I I mean, I I think I might have mentioned this before, but I I kind of feel with time travel introduced here and the fact that they're making like the future Picard show mm. that it would be crazy not to do some kind of crossover. Like, at least once. Like, just something little. Like, even if it's just Picard watching holograms of the Discovery crew doing something that become, that's a plot line in his show. Like, it wouldn't even have to be time travel necessarily. But I thought mm. that could be cool. But um, specifically, original series characters, I don't know. I mean, I always... Spock was my favourite. So, I, I kind of feel like anything more from me would be greedy. Although, I would like to see more of number one. I hope number one comes back. I would like maybe Janice Rand, Yeoman Janice Rand. Oh, she's cool. Yeah. With her crazy woven beehive. She'd have to be a cadet in Starfleet if she's mm. even in Starfleet at mm. this point in time because mm. she's like at the start of her career, I think, on um, yeah. Star Trek. So, so this is, and this is like, what would we decide? Like about nine years before that yeah. now? So, yeah. So, she'd probably be in the Academy, I guess. I mean, how long do you go to Starfleet Academy for? I don't know. Probably a very long time. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> Uh, or they could meet her as a teenage girl. Maybe they inspire her to go into space. That could be a fun little thing. Or when I went to Starfleet Academy, it was only one day. Oh, right. But that's because I was so good at it. Of that's, course. Yeah. And you got chosen for the command training program. I got program. chosen for the command training program. Accelerated entry. Yeah. Yeah, I understand. <laughs> what else do you have, Ben? Oh, now I do. Well, one thing I didn't talk about this episode, you told me to watch out for butts in Star Trek. <laughs> and I've got to say, Spock's butt in that space suit. Fucking Whoa. set the internet on fire. Holy moly. It was good. Yeah, it was yeah. good. I know, I didn't even see the people that on the internet so, talking about it. I was just watching kidding? the episode going, that is some, that's some good butt. Nice work. Uh, I saw the butt, but then, of course, you hit the hashtag and it was just all everyone. Spock's Every, butt? Is that the hashtag? Yeah. The search for butt? <laughs> Star Trek 3? I don't know. Um, I thought that was cool. <laughs> I enjoyed that. I enjoyed that a lot. Um, now, I people I, discussing his workout routine, how it could possibly get to that kind of bubble butt on such a skinny guy. There was lots of theories bandied around about. It's you got know, padding in the butt of the spacesuit. Squats. What kind of squats? <laughs> there was. That's too much. There was, no, there Just was a enjoy lot it. of chat. There Just enjoy it. Yeah. Just enjoy it. <laughs> That's what I say. I did. I enjoyed it. Um, now, I didn't predict this on air last episode, but on mm. Twitter, I did wonder whether we would see Lieutenant Nielsen. Lieutenant Nielsen more because as we've previously mentioned, uh the 
actor playing Lieutenant Nielsen is Sarah Midditch, who was the original Arium, who was replaced by um, Sarah Cheeseman. Is it Sarah Cheeseman? No, Hannah, uh, Cheeseman. Hannah Cheeseman yeah. um, for this season, who did a great job. But Sarah Midditch has appeared in the background of a few scenes without really – I mean, I think she had like one background bit of dialogue, which was probably not scripted. And then, yeah, when, when the doors open and she comes onto the bridge and it's Arium's replacement and everyone's a bit orcs about it. Yeah. Um, it's her. I was like, Arium won. So she's she's back on the bridge. And I, I, I'm i really glad to see her back, you know, because yeah. it, it was nice. It feels like a nice bit of continuity. But also clearly there's something. It's probably contractual or something like yeah, that. Yeah, it's, it's probably like we we contracted you for like three seasons but we've decided now we want to kill off this character in the second season, so we're going to recast that character and give you a new one. Is that all right? And she's like, yeah. And it's like, you can also show your actual face. Oh, that's great. I'm really into that. <laughs> so, um, but it is nice to see her still there on mm. the show because, you know, she she did a great job as Arium in the first season. She got like about three lines of dialogue ever. Mm. Um, but because of her being there, we felt that emotional attachment to Arium much more easily this season, even though it wasn't her playing the role. So it's nice to see her back. So I, I really enjoyed that. I want more Reese because yeah, Reese is the biggest babe on Discovery. He's pretty. He's great. <laughs> he's great. And Bryce though as well. Bryce is it? Bryce? What's the it's other Bryce. guy? The other guy on the bridge. The black guy. Yeah, well, isn't his name Bryce? I don't know. I think it's. Bryce. I'm only all. You're like, I'm I all eyes, eyes for Reese. I only got eyes for Reese. I think it is. Who is this guy? I think it's Bryce, it's, it's Bryce or something like that. Yeah. Hang no, on. he's nice. Um, they're but they're all good. They're all good. Yeah, but I would like you know we had that one OO episode. Detmer's had a few good moments. Obviously, we've now had the big Arium episode. There's still four episodes left. There could be a Reese and Bryce episode. Maybe they team up. Who knows? Maybe, maybe, yeah, it'd be fun. <laughs> um, and we might see some more of Nilsson as well. I think that would be great. Yeah, that'll be good. Um, I also like this episode was directed by uh, Hanel M. Culpepper. Yes. Um, who's a, Is that like a French-Canadian name? No, it's a very, it feels like a very <laughs> Southern American, Southern oh, United States name to me. It's like, I like when I first hear, if I hear the name Culpepper, I assume like someone's got a big white beard and they're, they've got a <laughs> pipe and they're like... Mm, oh, yeah, I've uh, directed some Star Trek. Uh, <laughs> but that is not what is happening uh, because she is an African-American woman. And I got excited to see her name in the credits because I'm like, oh, I will see her work. Because I, I hadn't been paying that much attention, if I'm really honest, to the director credits until or whenever the first Frakes, Frakes directed episode, episode yeah. was. I'm like, oh, I should be paying attention to this. She did a great episode, great job on this episode. And she's also directing the first two episodes of the new Picard show. Oh, how exciting. So, first African-American woman to direct the debut of a Star Trek show. Hey, hey. Um, and, yeah, I think that's really great. And um, she did such a good job with this. I just feel even better now about the Picard show. I think it's going to be great. Next week, we're going to do, I'll do short chats on the costume designer. She's African-American woman. Her costumes are crazy. Oh, off tap. I want crazy. I, I want I want all of Spock's clothes. I want to dress like Spock or, oh, do you? <laughs> or Hugh. Hugh's got some great clothes as well when he's out. I'll of get uniform. you the squats. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the squats I'm, formula. I'm gonna need to yeah. get on the regime <laughs> if I'm gonna fill them out the way that he does. <laughs> Was there anything else you wanted? No, to talk that's about? it from me. All right, we'll see you next time. Thanks. You've been listening to Rediscovery. You'll find links to all the creatives involved on our website, rediscoverypodcast.com. We'd love to connect with you. Find us on Twitter and Facebook at Rediscovery Pod. Oh, before you go, I almost forgot, I'm doing a comedy show. You can catch me in You Chose Poorly as part of the Melbourne International Comedy Festival from the 1st to the 7th of April at Campari House in Hardware Lane in Melbourne. You can find details via my website, benmckenzie.com.au. But this, as always, is a Splendid Chaps production. Find more entertainment for your ears at splendidchaps.com.